the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brian the Big Noise Evans here joined by the good sir Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast. And Lundy, uh, no pants required. And let the hashtag, uh, I know it's not Tequila Thursday, but it is a hockey home day here on the podcast. But the love juice is going to be flowing tonight because this is one of the the most spectacular slates of college basketball games in week outside of a Saturday, because Saturdays are ridiculous. There's usually like 140 plus games this time of year that I've seen all season. Like I rolled out of bed this morning and I think I fired off a season high on just spread tickets alone for the matchups tonight. Got Duke, Virginia, Xavier, Providence, uh, Wake Forest against Clemson. And, you know, not a whole lot of margin for error there for the Demon Deacons. Uh, to uh, get an, an L, given their overall resume. LSU at Kentucky. Uh, Creighton at St. John. Syracuse, Notre Dame in a bubblicious matchup. Rutgers in Michigan with the backdrop, of course, of no Jawan Howard and Musa Diabate. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But maybe the more key matchup of the evening is in a conference that you and I know and love uh, I think it's a very underappreciated and underrated league on the national scene. Oh, I got the East Coast bias, all the people for the four-letter network. They're always talking about all oh, the, the, the ACC, uh, you know, the Big East, the Big Ten, all that stuff. The Mountain West is a ton of fun this year, and we have one of these signature matchups in the conference slate within that league. Tonight in Fort Fun, Fort Collins, Colorado State inside Moby welcoming my Cowboys. Jeff Linder's Wyoming bunch uh, who have been posting some gaudy numbers this season. So let's go and preview this game uh, at tape time. And I'm pulling these numbers from DraftKings. Wyoming catching six and a half with a 144 and a half total. Remember, in the first matchup between these two squads in Laramie earlier this season, it was an 84 to 78 finish for Wyoming in overtime. So, revenge game? Will that be the case for the Rammies the second time around? What are your thoughts on this mammoth matchup out west? I absolutely love this game tonight because if you go back to the first matchup, you could argue that it probably shouldn't have gone to overtime. Make some free throws down the stretch, and it wouldn't have happened, and yet it did, and it turned into this uh, it really just kind of a benchmark game, frankly, for both teams. Yeah. Because for Wyoming, it was a massive win. Um, you talked about Jeff Linder, who I, I'll be honest with you, I think should be in the conversation for coach of the year um, with the job that he's done. Remember, he inherited a team two years ago, Brad, that was nine and 24, <laughs> including two and 16 in the conference. Um, and he has turned around and turned them into a team that is looking for postseason opportunities here and to make a splash. So uh, I love the job that Jeff Linder's done uh, this year up in Laramie. So I, I think this is a really fun game. Um, I know we want to talk about spreads. We want to talk about totals. I love Wyoming catching the points because even though CSU is 12 and one at home, uh, they're only five and seven against the spread at home. Um, and so to me, that that's that screams that this game is going to be tight. It's going to be nip and tuck. Um, and you and I were just talking about this before we pressed the old record yeah. button here yeah. on the boom box uh, that uh, we kind of like the under in this one as well, looking at how these two teams play. Yeah. At one forty-four and a half. and a half. I mean, you go back to that initial matchup. Uh, it was one forty, you know, before the overtime session, which there were 22 points scored. So I, I think ultimately uh, the under will prevail. You have two outstanding defensive clubs, 
here within Mountain West action, both giving up south of 1.00 points per possession. Uh, and I think six and a half is too many points. Uh, you know, I'm going to side with Wyoming here. Colorado State has had their issues slamming the door on the competition. See the San Diego State game, which is just a flurry <laughs> of activity from the Aztecs in the final, like, uh, 90 seconds uh, and nearly pulled off that stunner inside Moby. But I think the biggest key in this game is the post-up presence of Wyoming. No team posts up more in college basketball among all 358 Division I teams than Wyoming. You know, Hunter Maldonado at six foot seven, he runs point. Well, he also posts up a, a boatload. Same with Graham E.K. And he got that, that post-up game. He can kick it outside of Drake Jeffries. He can kick it outside of Ducell or Winsel and some of these sharpshooters his team possesses. And that's problematic for CSU. And I got the numbers to back it up. So go to HaslamMetrics.com, one of the finer advanced analytics sites out there. All the information is 100% for free. Wyoming is number 18 in the country in near proximity percentage offense. Well, where does Colorado State rank in near proximity percentage defense? Number 147. Otherwise, everything else is evenly matched. You know, on paper and all the other major statistical categories that are out there, uh, they're really spitting images of one another in terms of the analytics and the numerics, except for that one area. And I think for that reason, six and a half is too many points. I think CSU wins this. They get their revenge, but I think it's by a bucket or three points, not six and a half. So pounce like a panther on that total uh, on the side and also on the under on that total as well, as I think both will cash tonight. But it could be, again, a whole lot of uh, high entertainment. And I'm not talking about the elevation, but certainly the product on the court for both these teams inside Moby Coliseum tonight in Fort Collins. And with that, on this Hockey Hump Day edition, let's get to it with another Fade 5. Number 5. All right, Luddy, it's time to drop the puck and make some bucks. How did you do last night in the National Hockey League? And give me your first pick on tonight's late ombre. Brad, we got kicked in the nuts last <laughs> night on a couple of things with hockey. So first of all, we did okay in a couple of things. If you remember in bonus time, I said I had a TYG that I was going to take Columbus plus the one and a half just because I had a feeling they might sneak up in that game. Well, they actually won it uh, outright in overtime. So uh, we did okay there. Uh, Anaheim helped us out by winning in a shootout. But then we had Minnesota in regulation. Brad, Minnesota lost to Ottawa for the first time in six years oh my God. last night. That's how much we got kicked in the nuts by what happened in the games but hey we shake the etch a sketch my man and we move on yeah. uh and the reason i'm still in a chipper mood despite my hockey picks is i hit an eight-leg college basketball last night hell so- yeah <laughs> i hit a six-legger man it was an amazing night yeah that was a lot of fun the six-legger from the pod and then i did a modification on that one and hit an eight-legger with a boost thank you DraftKings. i appreciate that but that's enough let's move on uh we'll go to hockey tonight colorado will be in detroit to take on the red wings you go back in the day these two teams hated each other they liked to draw blood uh when they were out on the ice not the same anymore uh now that they are not in the same conference but uh, they still uh, uh i would expect a good game tonight although colorado coming off of a loss uh, colorado has not lost back to back since clinton was president it feels like so uh, with that in mind I'm taking Colorado and I'm going to go ahead and take them on the puck line Um, that's the minus one and a half that brings the line down to a minus 120 in terms of the juice that's what you can find right now at DraftKings part of the reason why Colorado and Detroit played back in December the abs won it seven to three Uh, And if you look at the last seven games between these two teams, all of which Colorado has won, 
Uh, the Avs have won by an average of 2.28 goals. So I'm going to say that not only does Colorado win it, but they win it going away. So give me minus one and a half. We'll take and we'll lay the uh, uh, slightly better juice at a minus 120 at DK. Bury him! Avalanche! Number four. All right, let's move on and let's uh, push those books into the boards here, Lundy. I, I got a feeling you're going to start running hot. You're going to melt the ice. Uh, you're going to break out of the funk. So give me your second pick in hockey tonight and make sure it's a W. You just did uh, what I did to you uh, a couple of weeks ago with your NBA picks right there. Uh, just try to help me out. I appreciate you a lot. Uh, I'm actually going to take uh, a two-leg alt line on the total here. Relatively simple. These are just a couple of numbers that I'm moving by one goal to try to help myself out and get a positive territory. Edmonton will be in Tampa tonight. We're taking that total to over five and a half. So, again, these are alt lines. Edmonton and Tampa over five and a half. Take Winnipeg and Dallas under on six and a half uh, just expecting some tight goaltending there and a couple of teams that have struggled to score at times this year uh, Winnipeg Dallas under six and a half Edmonton Tampa over five and a half put those two together it is a plus 149 so a nice little two-leg alt line uh, on the totals just looking at the trends between those four teams and those two particular matchups I want to get myself just a little bit of a cushion on the scoreboard but I do think we can hit that one and that's a nice payday at plus 149 at DK oh baby gets seduced by the juice. Number three. Hi, Lenny marching on here on this Wednesday edition of the Faith the Noise podcast. Let's turn again to one of my favorite slates uh, during the week of college basketball so far this season. Yeah, and that seems like a bold claim, but I'm buying it, man. I feel giddy. I feel good. And I feel hopefully right. At least that's the side of the ledger I want to land on with this selection. Give me South Carolina, the fighting Frank Martins. Plus two and a half at minus 110 at BetMGM. Now, uh, USC, the other USC, is hosting Mississippi State uh, at home. And I think ultimately Carolina, uh, they could win this game straight up. They've won three consecutive matchups and uh, started to kind of turn their season around a little bit. You know, they're on the out, very much on the outside looking in. Uh, for the NCAA tournament, but this could be a dangerous team come SEC postseason time, and this has got revenge narrative uh, baked into it as they got clobbered at Mississippi State earlier this season, 78-64. to 64. I think the biggest key in this contest, since February 1st, uh, South Carolina has forced an opponent turnover on uh, just over 20% of those faux possessions. Meanwhile, Mississippi State... They have been bitten by the turnover bug. Number 309 in the nation, an offensive turnover percentage. So knowing those miscues could lead to easy transition buckets and sprint outs, I think that will prove to be the difference here for South Carolina to potentially spring the upset. And, hell, again, we're getting with two and a hook. And then Captain Hook, yar! <laughs> could come into play here. So, and what should be a nice and snug finish are you gonna side with me fade or follow south carolina plus two and a half against mississippi state minus 110 at bet mgm i am on board with this one let's get let's go cox come on i we need a good <laughs> chickens solid, we're talking want, about chickens what oh I, I is that what that says in my notes oh, oh got yes, it okay yes, yes. no i um i like it with the points I, i'm with you brad i think this could be worth uh like a just a half a unit on them to win this um straight money up line. yeah um, i agreed I, I think you could have some fun on the money line with this one i i really think this is going to be a fun sec game i like the uh i like the opportunity 
uh, for South Carolina there at home in Columbia. So uh, roll with this one. And, and like I said, I, I think it's worth a little bit of a sprinkle on the money line because I think they may wind up winning this one. But it's going to be nip and tuck down the stretch. You're going to be glad you've got those points. Um, but maybe, just maybe, South Carolina pulls it off and actually wins it straight up. Yep, Cox, fight him, beat him, and get us a cash ticket. Stick around for our top plays in the world of college basketball, plus bonus time in the NHL, and of course, more college hoops. Number two. All right, Lundy, let's dive into the Big East and a matchup in which we have seen the side in this game bounce all over the place. Uh, last night, I saw that it opened at Providence uh, laying a point and a half. Uh, then I rolled out of bed this morning, and it was up to Providence minus two and a half at home against Xavier. And now the line at tape time here on this Wednesday morning has slid back to Providence minus one. And I jumped all over when it was one and a half. I might double down here on the Friars. Minus one, again, inside the Dunk, the Dunkin' Donuts Center, taking on the struggling Muskies. Uh, I, I don't understand why we're seeing you know such significant sways in the overall line. Yes, Providence has been the luckiest team in all of college basketball, according to shot quality. Uh, but this team just continues to defy and exceed expectations. Uh, they have netted 1.12 points per possession at home in Big East play, shooting 53.4% inside the arc. And where they can really beat you is when they draw whistles, uh, they plunge those uh, little daggers uh, and cut you in with 1,000 pieces at the free throw line. 79.9% as a team from the charity stripe again within Big East play. Now, Providence won uh, 65-62 back on January 26th in Cincinnati. And in that game, Xavier could not hit the broadside of a barn from distance. Just 4 of 18 from the arc. Uh, Xavier's really struggling right now, grasping for air as uh, they are seeing their resume uh, take on some body blows. Uh, still unprojected as the number 7 seed right now. And where they don't want to you know, fall to is that 8-9 line in the end. But just 2-4 and four in the month of February. And over that stretch, they're shooting just 26.3% from distance and are number 158 in the country in adjusted offensive efficiency. So Travis Steele's zone has been overly leaky and forgiving. And as a result... Uh, I think Ed Cooley gets the most out of his guys. A Watson and company score yet another W and stiff arm the sports books, Derrick Henry style, into oblivion. So, fade or follow, my man, Providence and Friar Dom. Ah, he's frightening. Shouldn't be scared about this line, however. Again, just laying the point against the X-Men, minus 110 at DraftKings. I was waiting for you to get to the. It's impossible for us to talk about Providence without talking about how much that mascot he scares the shit out of us. My nightmares, Lundy. It's bad. Though, though I did find an equally scary uh, a mascot that I was not aware of. The Colgate Raider. Uh, you got to pull him up. He has the same like uh, pale, milky skin tone that basically is lifeless that Friar Dom has, but he's got red eyes, creepy red eyes. Oh, this is oh, oh, oh yeah! No, that's um. <laughs> what the heck? Why are his eyes so red? Is he has he been smoking? Well, yeah, I think he was partying the night before. Which Whoa. you know, I might be down with that. But yeah, he's got blood in his eyes. Isn't that freaky? 
Yeah, I mean, you got to see an optometrist about that. That's a pro. Okay, I'm sorry, we got sidetracked there. Uh, yes, I'm going to follow on this one. I like Providence laying the points. How about the number of times it feels, uh, especially recently? And I know we were talking about this a couple of games that Providence has had in overtime over the course of the last week and a half. But they're playing in these super tight games, man. Lots yep. of one possession or maybe two possession type games when you get down to the final, say, 90 seconds or so. And in those games, they're winning. Um, you know, we talk about the first matchup against Xavier, but, you know, beating Marquette by two, beating St. John's by four, um, beating DePaul in overtime, getting past Butler this past Sunday. I mean, these are these are all really close games, which shows me you've got a team that is comfortable if it's tight on the scoreboard down the stretch. And so because of that, I'm going to lean towards Providence uh, with this one. I like the fact they're at home. Obviously, I always I always like that, especially in college hoops. I like that atmosphere that you yep. get. Huge you, you just it, it's a it's a big edge. And if you've got the good student section, I mean, they're probably scared of the mascot, too, for they're being really honest. So we put all that together. I like Providence in this one. And if you're only laying a point and a half, that's solid. Yeah. And they love to crank the T Swift inside the dunk. And the student section sings along late in the game. So uh, bad blood uh, certainly is going to be brewing in this one. But much love for the Providence Friars against the X-Men. Number one. All right, let's go to a battle of the Big Ten. And, and Lundy, this one's inexplicable to me. Uh, when I saw the line open last night at five and a half, I jumped all over it. And I'm talking about Rutgers. And, again, you know, catching that five and a half on the road at Michigan. Now, I woke up this morning expecting that line to shave a point and a half, maybe a couple of points off. Well, it's only at plus five right now. So it shaved a half a point, and that's it. Now, some of the books have it at four and a half, but at DraftKings, it is plus five at tape time, and I still you know, warrant and maybe another ticket. I might have to you know, quadruple down on this one. Again, you have no Jawan Howard, and that to me is not the more significant blow to this Michigan squad with the suspension. It's Musa Diabate who has been quite the rim rocker here and the rim protector over the last handful of games, really coming to his own, emerging and providing balance on the interior, allowing Hunter Dickinson to step outside and knock down some jump shots. Uh, you know, this team is not entirely reliant on the seven-footer in Dickinson with Diabate's presence in the post at six foot eleven, And given his, you know, a condor width of a wingspan, uh, that length is highly disruptive, but he's not going to be in uniform. So Clifford Amore is going to go off for this Rutgers team, a guy that's shooting over 61% inside the arc and you know, swats a lot of shots on his own. So he is highly disruptive in his own right. Uh, you pair that with Ron Harper Jr. and Geo Baker. Um, you know, And this team can really shoot it from outside. This month, the Scarlet Knights netting over 37% from three-point land, and they're 4-2 and two in their last six games. Uh, Michigan, you look at what they have done uh, here of late uh, in the month of February, number 295 and two-point percentage defense. And, you know, you don't have Diabate there. Uh, again, extremely problematic for a Rutgers team that's number 19 in two-point percentage offense, again, in the month of February. So, again, knowing how shorthanded Michigan is, and they were already not a very deep team to begin with, knowing how well Rutgers has played of late. Remember, they did win at Wisconsin recently, and they were highly competitive against Purdue, uh, though they lost by a dozen points in that one. Uh, I think the Scarlet Knights at plus five, this should be a layup. And, hell, 
Lundy, you want to talk about sprinkle a little action on the money line. I think this game warrants such a decision as well. So fade or follow Steve Peichel's Rutgers Scarlet Knights plus five on the road in Ann Arbor against a thin Michigan squad minus 110 at DraftKings. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I I think Diabate being out is a hell of a lot bigger deal than than Jawan Howard because Jawan Howard's standing there on the sideline. He probably wishes he could go out there and play, uh, <laughs> but he's not out there on the court. Look, what Rutgers did over the course of the last two and a half weeks, Brad, I, I don't think can be understated. They played uh, uh, five ranked teams in a row, and the only one they lost was Purdue on Sunday. That was yeah, it. That's they it. beat Michigan State. They beat Ohio State. They beat Wisconsin. They beat your Illini. I beat they, and they, handily, and and beat the Illini. Uh, kind of beat them pretty badly. Oh, they uh, bitch slapped Illinois. If you want to be honest, but you're talking about five straight games against ranked teams, and the only one that they finally lost was on Sunday to Purdue. And as you said, they were competitive. They lost by twelve. But they were in that game for a really good stretch of it on the road against Purdue. Um, So you got to continue this little road stretch. You got to go to Michigan. But I think no Diabate makes a really big difference. I think that um, Rutgers can cover this. Folks, if you're a little bit nervous, you want to buy yourself a couple of points and alt line this with something else, go right ahead. But um, it wouldn't surprise me for Rutgers to win this straight up because, again, look at what they've been doing to ranked teams. And I know Michigan's not ranked, but they're doing that to ranked teams. They are not intimidated on the road. They beat Wisconsin on the road, as you just said. They they were in it with Purdue on the road on Sunday. So they're not worried about being on the road in Ann Arbor. I, I think they've got a good shot to win this. I think they cover the five and a half uh, or the or four and a half, wherever it is. I, I mean, like I said, you want to buy yourself a buffer, go right ahead. But other than that, I, I think this is going to be a great game. And going back to what you said at the beginning of the pod, what a great freaking lineup tonight. Oh, it's going to be unbelievable. So, yeah, get your uh, favorite adult beverage ready. Uh, make sure you get dinner. Uh, consumed early on because you're going to put your, you know, plop your butt on the couch for multiple hours from, uh, you know, starting at like 6 p.m. Central Time all the way up probably to past midnight. It's going to be yeah. exhilarating. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be highly entertaining. With that, let's get to bonus time, Lundy. What else you got on this hockey hump day? One of the things that has been paying for me in hockey, and I really should probably talk about it more on the pod, is the goal in the first 10 minutes. Uh, hockey's version of the no-run first inning. Uh, very popular bet. I've been, uh, over the course of the last week and a half or so, actually been doing pretty good here, and I like to pair a couple of them together because they tend to be juiced up. Um, and so I've got one for you here. Goal in the first 10 minutes. Um, you can find this under uh, on DraftKings, for example. If you click on the periods tab for the hockey games, then one of the choices is goal in the first 10. So I'm calling for there to be a goal in the first 10 minutes in Edmonton and Tampa tonight. Um, I already told you that I expect a decent amount of scoring there. And then I told you I think Colorado is going to lay the wood uh, to the Detroit Red Wings tonight. So a goal in the first 10 of both of those games, Brad, pairs together uh, as a two-legger at plus 137. Oh, beautiful. Love it. Again, continue to get seduced. Uh, by the Jews. Uh, let's get back to the world of college basketball. As we mentioned, the slate is ridiculous. Hey, Lundy, how about another multi-leg parlay since we hit the Ooh, one yesterday? And see if six-legger this... yesterday, eight-legger. Brad, let's just keep adding legs. Well, let's see if the <laughs> heater will continue to burn brightly. Uh, it is not a six-legger. I apologize in advance. It is merely just five legs. Boo. But it does pay plus 306 at All right, you're forgiven. All right, so these are all money lines. It's got to win straight up. Give me Iowa State at home against West Virginia. West Virginia, by the way, 1-8 on the road this season. And, and Iowa State uh, inside Hilton Coliseum. It's been magical. Uh, they've been getting it done, 8-7 and seven 
uh, versus quadrant one competition. Uh, this is certainly not a quadrant one match, more of a quadrant two, but I think Iowa State handles business at home. Give me VCU at home against George Mason. VCU, one of the staunchest defenses in college basketball, number five in adjusted defensive efficiency, and Mason is moving in the wrong direction. They have lost five of their last seven games within the A-10. Leg number three, the Hall. Yar, shiver me timbers. And the Pirates uh, at home against the Butler Bulldogs, who certainly not earned their milk bones uh, near the bottom of the barrel uh, is Butler and adjusted defensive efficiency within the Big East. Seton Hall, meanwhile, speaking of D, uh, they really shifted into a high gear at home, giving up to 0.28 points per possession this season. Uh, next up, Kentucky. Uh, I think they're going to handle easily, easily. They're going to sail past LSU, uh, and I, I've got them, again, winning straight up. And this one, 16-0 and at home are Coach Cal's Wildcats. LSU, meanwhile, struggling away from Baton Rouge. Two and six on the road. And then last, and this is one you have to burn the midnight oil on if you're uh, on the East Coast. Give me Wazoo uh, against Washington. Washington State, uh, they got Dennis Rodman's kid, DJ Rodman. A very good defensive club as they are number 15 in the nation and adjusted defensive efficiency. And Washington has been getting their asses kicked away from Seattle. So, again, Iowa State, VCU, Seton Hall, Kentucky, Washington State. All you got to do is win and win within their friendly confines at home. All five legs hit, plus 306. Elsewhere, love Bucknell tonight on a team total over. Yeah, the Bison, not Bison, like North Dakota State, but Bison, and they're going to trample Army Tonight, uh, I'll take the over on 71 and a half points. Uh, this one is the first tip of the day slate. Army number 307 in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency since February 1st. And Bucknell over that same stretch shooting 44.6% from three. Great matchup for them. Uh, they could hang 75 plus on the Knights. Uh, and then I love Davidson tonight as well. Minus nine at Duquesne. The Dukes have lost 11 straight games, and over that stretch, number 331 in the nation in offensive efficiency uh, at home. So, And they're also giving up 40.4% from distance uh, over the last dozen games. So uh, the Wildcats, who are sharpshooters galore, one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country, shooting 41.1% on the road from way downtown on the season. I think they cruise to a double-figure victory, which they had earlier this season, 72-61, against this Duquesne team. And there you have it on this expanded edition of the Fade the Noise podcast. That is a wrap. Follow Lundy. On Twitter, at Nate Lundy. Follow me there, at Noisy Cuevos. Drop us a rating and a review if you enjoy this podcast. And as always, until next time, feed or follow. That is up to you. Feed the noise.